Hello and welcome back to Fast Charge. This week I am joined by Toddy, old faithful over there, uh, and Jim, who's joined us a couple times before. Cool. So we've actually got um, a slightly different show this time in that we, between Toddy and Jim, we have two phones in the house that we're going to run through first impressions of right now. So Jim has the Huawei P40 Pro Plus, uh, while Toddy has the Sony Xperia 10 Mark II. Phone names are getting too complicated. I can't keep up. Uh, and then after that, we're going to go through the sort of latest plate of Samsung rumors because now basically it looks like we know what we're going to get in August with the Note 20, the Galaxy Fold 2, stuff like that. So we're going to do a little roundup of everything we know so far on that. Without further ado, let's go straight to it. So Jim, uh, Huawei, you've got the biggest, craziest, most expensive non-foldable phone around, essentially. Yeah, I, I basically have. I mean, now that we finally know what the price is. Um, anyone who's just watched the unboxing video, uh, which was posted a little bit before uh, this video, will know that it's uh, £1,299. Um, and that, you know, that's in the realms of um, iPhone 11 Pro Max, isn't it? Well, I, I think that's, to put it in context, the, the obvious thing for me is that's £100 more than the S20 Ultra. Wow. £200 more than the Oppo Find X2 Pro. Yeah. Um, um, it has got 512 gig of storage, um, but there are some sort of points which, which we can run through, which will suggest that it may be slightly overpriced. <laughs> um, and the main thing, without mentioning the elephant in the room just yet, <laughs> is that it's largely the same as the P40 Pro. Yeah. Um, there are only really a few differences um so i mean you you can see the cameras on the back um the biggest difference is the cameras um and that's what huawei is certainly shouting about and it has the dual zoom so they're calling it the super sensing zoom i think it's got the three times uh, optical zoom and the 10 times super periscope um so between the two you've got uh, um, including the wide-angle camera, let's not forget, and the the 50 megapixel standard camera. So you've got ultra wide, all the way through to 10 times zoom, yep. and then you can combine combine all those to get 100 times zoom, um, yep. which we can yep. get into a little bit later. But that's all kind of digital uh, AI stuff. And to clarify, is that that 10x optical? This is 10x optical, which we just don't really have or have had on the market. I don't want to say maybe ever because I'm pretty sure some of the really old, like with the big motor-driven zoom smartphones, like the the Samsung K Zoom, the old Samsung, yes. yeah, yeah. The old but, Samsung. Uh, I can't think of a phone in recent memory that has 10x optical. So that, as no. a technical feat, is impressive. Yeah. What What about Dom? What about the uh, the Reno, the Oppo Reno? No, so. The Reno 10 times zoom is in the same space as, say, the S20 Ultra, where it's a five times optical, yeah, and, and the then it's hybrid up to ten times. Yeah, um, and of course, very misleading name. Yeah, so so that's what um, that's what you got on the on the P30 Pro. Yeah, mm. right. So yeah. it's a five times optical, and then you could kind of hybrid it up to ten times uh, and beyond, up to fifty times, I think, uh, if you really wanted to go crazy. Uh, but this is, yeah, this is proper 10 times optical. And um, I've had it for a few days. Um, but the problem is that it was only yesterday that I actually got the update to the, the software version that I was supposed to be using. Um, and so, I mean, results have been mixed so far. It is impressive and it can, it can be impressive. Um, and it really depends on whether you're the kind of guy who 
um, zooms in and tries to find out whether the absolute last pixel is super sharp or not. But you know, for fo- for photos that you're going to share on social media, it is is really impressive. Yeah. Is is it using the same main sensor when you're not zooming in as the P40 Pro? Do you know? Yes. So it's got the 50 megapixel massive. I think it's one one over one point two eight. Yes. Yes. Um, so. You know, I've been playing around with that a lot just because it's the first time I've had a, a play with it. But obviously, you've put the review up already. We already know what everyone thinks of that sensor. It's really good in low so light. Good. It's it's a great camera, and and that's the one that you will use most. Um, and I did have a play with the zoom cameras last night in uh, low light, and they're not that good. That's the trouble with zoom cameras; they just don't really work very well in low light. The optical stabilization is good. Um, if you want really good cameras on the phone, this is pretty much the best that there is at the moment. I would think I'd be surprised if if it doesn't end up topping the DxO Mark uh, chart when it eventually comes out. Um, that's it. So you've got good cameras. You've got the same screen. Um, you've got the same um, same selfie camera, 32 megapixel with the depth of field um, secondary camera on there. Um, same screen as the P40 Pro. And that's, is, is it 90 hertz it does? Yeah, 90 yeah. hertz, hertz yeah. OLED. Yeah. Um, is, it, is it heavy? It is heavy, and it's a lot heavier than the P30 Pro. So I've been using the P30 Pro uh, daily ever since I got it a year ago, um, or a bit over a year ago. Um, and this feels really heavy. Um, interestingly enough, I don't know if, if you guys have watched the unboxing yet, probably not, but... It doesn't come with a case, and it's the first uh, P-series phone that I've known to not come with a case in the box. And I spoke to Huawei, they confirmed it doesn't come with a case. Um, Weird. So maybe they are really sort of counting on that ceramic ceramic back being tough enough that you just don't need a case because it's tough, right? Mm-hmm. Still, that's bold. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're paying yeah. quid, right? I feel when I'm when I'm dropping 1300 on a phone, I think a yeah. little uh TPU case is kind of the least they can throw in with it. Um To, to that point, Dom, did you get a case with the Z Flip that you reviewed? The Galaxy no. Z Flip. The Z right, Flip that's about the same price, right? It is the same price. I think there's a pound difference. The Z Flip oh, is really? bang on 1300, <laughs> that one's 1299. Um right. But the Z Flip doesn't. The difference with the Z Flip of course is that when you close it, it is there's no screen on the outside other than the tiny little one. So the main screen is is protected when you've got it closed at least. Obviously you could still drop it while it's unfolded and it would be at risk. But um also I think there's no you can buy cases for it and Samsung make cases for those foldable ones. But it's probably harder to make a dirt cheap one that they can throw in the box because it's got to work around the folding, right? Um so they're a bit more yeah, I imagine it costs more to make a case that works for that, so it makes sense that they wouldn't give it away for free. Whereas I can see why they might want you to also drop a 50 quid on a nice case that they make, but still, it just seems like they should throw in the Fiverr one that's uh, just like, there's the brand and, of any immediate them, scratches. You know, surely the cost is it's, it's pennies, isn't it? So it's it's a little bit of a surprise. Because yeah. so, you like to be able to get your phone out of the box and immediately protect it just to stop getting any yeah, scratches so, until you chosen the the expensive case you want to buy um but for everyone else who doesn't know the differences between this and the p40 pro you you can choose your black or white ceramic and um the only other difference is that it supports 40 watt wireless charging um so that 
speed matches the speed of the wired charging. Now, unfortunately, okay. although I've been promised the wireless charger, I haven't got it yet, so I can't actually verify that it does charge at the same speed as when you plug in the, the wired supercharger. Um, but what I did find out is that when you pre-order one of these, you'll get a free um, Huawei Watch GT2 and the supercharge wire uh, the wireless supercharger with it bundled. So for the for your twelve nine nine, you're getting the smartwatch and the wireless charger as well. I do wonder if if the Google thing wasn't an issue, which I know we're going to talk about, um, whether they would be bundling those things in. And I know they do a lot of bundle deals, like usually they do a lot of bundle deals, but I'm curious whether they throw quite as much in to sweeten the deal uh, as they have done, uh, if things were a bit different right now. I mean, it is worth talking about it because obviously it is still a, a big problem. But, uh, you know, we've both we've both got these phones. You've got the P40 Pro and we've both used phone clone. We've, it, it copies across a lot of apps, but a lot of them just aren't supported. So, I mean, we discovered as well that it doesn't support um, apps which need Google location services. So you would think that if an app needs to know the location, it would just use location through Wi-Fi, through GPS, whatever it normally uses. But actually, some of those apps rely on the Google APIs, it seems, and they, they say, I'm not going to work. And therefore, anything that does require your location, which is Google-based, that's going to be a problem probably. Um, and banking apps, you just can't use them. Yeah. Um, everything else you're going to have to either try and get the app somehow by getting the APK or by um, using the website. So for YouTube, you know, you might just want to use a web browser, sign into your YouTube account. But all of these things are, of course, workarounds. And while Huawei's saying about it's got 450 million users um, on uh, the app gallery, it's not the number of users and it's not the number of apps that's important. What's important is can I use the apps that I used on my old Android phone? And the answer is no, I can't. I can use some of them, but maybe not all of them. And when you're paying top dollar for a phone, you really want to be able to use all your apps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to your point on the mapping as well, right back when they announced these phones, they make, made mention of, uh, I think it was a partnership with TomTom, um, about having a mapping solution. And right now, Emotion UI still doesn't have a native maps application. So even if you don't mind the fact that you can't use Uber or whatever, and you, you want a mapping app, you have to still go into the app gallery. And there aren't many great options since the phones have hit the market, including the P40 Pro and the regular P40. A couple new apps have come in that are from big names, like Here We Go Maps. Um, which are a bit more trustworthy or established or worthwhile or however you want to view them. But um, yeah, I think the fact that they didn't have that ready at launch and especially still technically haven't got their own mapping service ready for the launch of the, of the Pro Plus is is mad. I mean, they, they need to have these things in place because every little thing that is, is missing just adds to the already you know existing problem and it just means they slip further and further down this hill. Mm-hmm. And it is all the yeah. bits like that, because I think, you know, you always hear people sort of saying, well, I don't mind, I don't use Gmail, I don't need Google on my phone, but people just don't think about how much other stuff yeah. is being What's powered that by backups? that. But it just... Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, it's all these little things that you don't realise until you, till you find out they just don't work. I mean, yeah. even I fired up the Nest app because I've got some Nest cameras, um, and, it's, yeah. and it said, ah, this, this app's not going to work properly because it needs Google services. It's like... 
Right, so even though you're Nest and you're not technically Google, it, it still wanted to use some kind of Google location services. Mm. And when you were setting up the phone, I, I sent you my kind of screen grabs from my setup experience that I'd had. And I had this folder, which I still have on the home screen of the P40 Pro that just says busted apps. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not just the Google stuff, it is Netflix and, and, and a bunch of other games as well that use Google Play uh, games, oh, yeah, authentication, right. like just don't run. Um, so even if you can get them, you can't play them. Yeah, so if it's very difficult, isn't it? Because you have to weigh up how much you really want those cameras. Mm. Because They're that's really what it boils cameras. down to. <laughs> that's what it boils down to. You know, there are plenty of other great phones available um, for the same or less money. Yep. And yep. They, they run your apps and they run all, all the stuff. So If they were in a market where they were the only company that made phones with good cameras, you could see the argument. But when, you know, you know you can get another phone, maybe it's not quite as good, maybe the zoom's not quite as good, or the, you know, tuning doesn't suit your taste as well as the Huawei does, you can still get a phenomenal camera in a Pixel phone, in a Galaxy phone, in an Oppo phone, in an iPhone, and all of those will do everything else you want them to as well. Um, It's really hard to justify a Huawei purchase in that kind of space. And I do feel like they're going to get better, you know, they clearly are trying to work on the software side. They're still working to persuade more and more app developers to port their stuff over to App Gallery that I suspect it will keep going that direction because they'll keep selling phones and so people will, it'll slowly build up. But that just still means like, yeah, maybe a Huawei phone will be a good buy next year or the year after yeah. next. But yeah. If they can weather the storm like, and then get it to that point where they have enough mainline apps that people will go, oh, actually, it's not that bad, then great. But no one really knows when that's going to be. Yeah, I mean, if you want to draw the comparison between when Apple ditched Google Maps and then brought in their own broken (laughs) mapping service, you know, that was a bit of a joke. But look at where they are now. And, you know, okay, let's let's forget about the point where you can still get all the Google stuff on your iPhone. But, you know, that's clearly where Huawei wants to be. They want to be the third kind of platform. They want to they want to have their own app store. They want to have their own mapping app. They, They they want to be seen as equals with apple and google do you guys think that with with the current situation and basically how the u.s government holds the reins to this this problem for huawei do you think it won't go away until the government changes that's a, that's a good question mm. isn't it is that too political for yeah this, I, this, I, this show? I, <laughs> I think that is plausible i think there was a point where it looked like it might and then the yeah. fact that they just did that year renewal extension uh, a month yeah. or two ago the, the year extension um, that made me kind of give up hope for this going away under Trump yeah. and kind of felt like, okay, because Google had been pushing for it to be lifted, obviously Microsoft to push for it to be lifted. Google even tried to get the same exemption Microsoft had and it seems that they haven't been successful or maybe that's still ongoing, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, not only did it get extended, but the US actually tweaked the terms of it all to clamp down even harder as we spoke about a week or two ago. So I don't see any way that goes away until... Uh, so, you know, I guess we'll see what happens in November. Yeah. And maybe that changes things. But I, yeah, while we are waiting at least that long, um, I, I can't imagine anything changing uh, this presidential term. No, and no. I mean, you got to remember about all the other problems they're having with 5G installations as well around yeah. the world. And they've, they're kind of, uh, you know, the CEO was waging war against uh, pretty much the whole of the West uh in, in that open uh, email so uh yeah i i think that they'll be very defiant and they'll, they'll want to um th- they won't want to go back on what they said before like even if we get access to google again we're still going to kind of 
forge our own path. Yep. Um, so just bring it back to hardware to sort of wrap up on the P40 Pro. Um, plus. Pre, yeah, P, P40 Pro Plus, because that was what I was about to ask, is like, if you are someone who's willing to drop a load of money on a Huawei phone, despite the lack of Google Apps, because you know you want the camera, other than the Zoom, is there any compelling reason to drop another, or an extra 100, 200 pounds for the Plus model rather than the regular? Is it just the Zoom? And the charging. And the Zoom and charging. This is what it boils down to. You got faster wireless charging, you got the better cameras, you got the ceramic back. Those are the three three differences. And I was surprised when I heard the, the, the price because it does seem like a big jump compared with the P40 Pro. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be tough, a really, really tough sell. I think this is just, as basically as, as is the S20 Ultra, I think this is just a phone... Uh, that Huawei can look back on in future slideshow presentations when it, when it's launching whatever and being like, this is, you know, we were the first to do this or this or this, or like we've had a phone like this for three years at this point or whatever down the line. I think it's just, um, uh, it's just to get those specs and those figures out there much more than it being a product that they're actually expecting to be a success. It's almost Even like doing it a- had Google services. Yeah, it's almost like doing a concept phone but actually putting it on sale, like a slightly somewhere between a flagship and a concept phone. It's like, we're going to do a bit of that kind of top, you know, because that's the same reason Vivo does the Apex series, right? It's that they can say they made the first phone to have blah, 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 and they never release it. You can never buy one. They only make 10 of the things. Um, (laughs) This is sort of going partway towards that. They're not going as far as that. They are actually obviously producing these. They have a price point. They can put them out. But, you know, they're not expecting to trouble the top of any sales charts with with a phone Mm. that costs this much. all right. So, yeah, that's All it, really. So, onto one that uh, is a little more reasonable. Um, <laughs> the bit. Xperia 10 Mark II, which, because funnily enough, the Xperia 1 Mark II is almost as expensive as the Pro Plus. Yeah. Sony's flagship is a very expensive phone. But the 10 Mark II is a little more reasonable. Is that right, Toddy? Yeah, it's uh, in the UK, it's already on sale. I think just hit uh, the market at 320 quid. I have it here. Um, I've only really just unboxed it, set it up, had a quick play around. Um, there should be an unboxing you can watch as well if you go looking for it either on our YouTube or on our site um, by this point. But yeah, it's it's not bad. I like what they've done versus last year because last year they split their mid-range. If you're not aware, Sony is, is super, super, um, uh, has a super stripped down uh, portfolio right now of smartphones each year it does two three maybe four that's about it maybe an update later in the year but yeah it's it's pretty pretty spartan right now um and so for 2020 we have the xperia one mark ii terrible name we've talked about that before don't won't get into it now um we have that's the flagship in the mid-range we have the xperia 10 mark ii which i have here and then in the budget we have the l4 which actually looks pretty good um i think we already have a review of that on the site which you can check out right now thank you and iron um but uh yeah the, the 10 mark ii is it's uneventful for the most part but it does a couple of things that i think might might help it stand out um, 320 quid you're getting a uh, 6 inch 21 by 9 display so it's really tall and thin as you can see which has been Sony seeing for a couple of years now that's their kind of main hook in their designs is having this tall thin aspect ratio um, on the upside uh, as well as being able to watch you know certain cinema content in its native aspect ratio which is kind of cool um, it's super thin it's actually thinner than an iPhone 11 Pro uh, which actually makes it feel really small despite the size of the, the, of the screen um, obviously the, the trade-off is that you get pretty heavy 
uh, pillar boxing if you're watching regular 16 by 9 content but this is not new information for anyone who's been following the sony story right now in their smartphones um beyond that they've made some nice tweaks and upgrades uh like a bigger battery 3000 now it's 3600 um it's an oled display now whereas the previous two xperia 10s had lcd which is a huge improvement in my opinion in my opinion um and the cameras as well so sony split the cameras a bit weirdly so the both phones last year had a dual camera on the back um they had i believe it was a 12 main sensor 12 mag main sensor and then the xperia 10 had just a secondary depth sensor and the xperia 10 plus had a um two time zoom secondary sensor telephoto but just a 2x mm-hmm. uh this kind of marries the two but also gives you a third ultra wide so you can still get depth you have that 2x zoom um and you have an ultra wide and it's a 1288 setup in that regard um and i think that's nice and versatile for the mid-range market you're not expecting mind-blowing image quality but i think just having the additional versatility and by sony wrapping it all up into one device as far as we know haven't heard of an xperia 10 plus yet but it's Sony, so anything could happen. Um, I think that camera versatility is nice in the mid-range space. And obviously there are phones with even more cameras. Look at Realme, for example. But for Sony, I think this is a quite strong offering, stronger than I was expecting um, mm. with that bigger battery. Same processor, the Snapdragon 665 as the Moto G8 Plus, which is a perfectly solid mid-range phone. That's a bit cheaper. Um, you're paying for, I'd say, a pretty nice design, Gorilla Glass 6. Uh, another thing is that this is one of the few mid-ranges that has IP65 and 68 water resistance, which I think is quite interesting because you just don't really get that in the mid-range. Did you say it has 65 and 68? What does that mean? They always list it like that. So I'm just kind of quoting them. They've always said 65 and 68. I think the thing is that you can have um, the the testing criteria for 65 and 68 or, or any of the IP standards um, doesn't have to include the uh, previous yeah, standards. Yeah, no, it doesn't, does it? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, it can be really good at uh, direct spraying water mm. tests, but no good at being submerged, for example. So that's yep. why they, they list both. Um, I think most companies, it is actually that for most phones, but they just don't bother. They just, they just say it's 68, but it's covered up until that point. Yeah. Um, but Sony's just, you know, covering its bases. So yeah, I'd say process is decent. Camera has nice versatility to it. Battery's bigger. Um, the design's pretty nice. It's surprisingly lightweight, uh, nice and thin to hold, and having that water resistance. Uh, all for only a smidge more than the base Xperia 10 was last year. That was £300. This is 320 and I've already seen it cheaper elsewhere. Mm. Um, I think it's not bad. Like It's definitely got some issues that I've read about and I'm going to test myself, but I don't think it's a terrible play from Sony, aside from the name, um, which I'm well, kind of surprised, surprised at. You've got... Um, you know- you don't often get waterproofing at that price and you exactly. pretty much definitely don't get OLED at that price. Um, yeah. Not 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 both of them for that, you know, mid-range. So if it's got good cameras, a good screen, good battery um, and, yeah. and, and enough processing power, then for the, you know, whether you want to buy it outright or you just don't want to pay top price on your monthly contract, that sounds like, yes, yeah, reason. They, it's like they've ticked all the boxes that's that are important and it's got headphone jack <laughs> hey there so, yeah, there's another box <laughs> I, I feel like it is a phone that could do really well on on contract in like you know your car phone warehouse or whatever it's not a phone that maybe people will be like hunting for to go rush out and buy hmm. but they might see it on the shelves and for the pricing what you're getting looks really good the spec sheet looks impressive so as long as they can back it up which i'll find out come review time 
uh, it seems like a solid device, and I'm actually quite impressed. Yeah. Based on my initial kind of encounter with the phone, um, so yeah, that is in a nutshell my thoughts. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about Sony right now in the mid-range space and in the market generally, and how they're trying to do things. I mean, I think in particularly in the mid-range that that aspect ratio is going to help them in exactly that scenario you said, where someone's just they don't know what they're looking for, but they're in the shops because it will stand out. And phones, we you know we've all said phones look really really similar a lot of the time. So the fact that it's that bit taller and thinner, it's a different shape to other phones around and it's going to stand out. And if certainly people who are fed up of phone screens being too big will feel like, well, actually, by being slimmer, it's a little easier to hold. It's a little easier to use one handed, that kind of thing. Um, I am a big fan of the, the Sony aspect ratio. Uh, I've not reviewed any of the, the Sony since they made the switch, but I used the Xperia 5 for a couple of weeks just out of curiosity. Um, and really enjoyed it. I was, uh, I'm a fan of that form factor. I, I, I'm not surprised no one else has jumped on the bandwagon because I think it's a kind of oddball choice. But then that works in Sony's favor that they are the only people doing it in that shape. It's a little bit different. If you want something that stands out in that respect and it suits their history of being able to say, well, it's the cinema aspect ratio and yeah. that kind of thing, you know, for, for people who want to watch movies. The whole thing doesn't necessarily hang together because if you're the kind of person who really wants to watch something in the cinema you don't want to watch it on a six inch screen well that's the thing i am the sort of person who gets fussy about cinema aspect ratio so i'm like oh i love a screen that's in proper aspect ratio great except i will not watch a movie on my phone (laughs) i have never done that in my life i don't think it's ever going to change you know um the the biggest benefit is is the ergonomic benefits in my opinion like i'm not too fussed about the aspect ratio for watching media but just having a super thin phone like this um is nice to have it feels like a small phone again i think i might even put it in our small phones because it's you know like the base galaxy s20 it has that mm. sim kind of feel of being thin it's impressively lightweight as well i think it's lighter than both the xperia 10 plus and the 10 where last year too so it's yeah, oh yeah it's 150 grams that is light. yeah it's really light so wow. yeah it's it's a nice little um mobile to pop in your pocket and just not worry about um and it still looks good yeah so they they really have tried here more so than i think i was expecting them to and I did that's what pick- surprised me. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say, does it come in loads of different colours? So in the UK, as far as I can tell, it's just black and white. But in other markets, there's like a mint green and there's a few other things. And that's typical Sony. Like UK rarely gets the most exciting colours. We get some mm. pretty muted tones. It, it, it's a it's because of the kind of... It's fairly utilitarian. Um, I think black and white are perfectly fine. Uh, I think it will look sharp in both. I don't know whether, I imagine on the white one, the frame, which is plastic, by the way, even though it's got glass front and back, it's a plastic frame. I think I would imagine that's silver, not white. Um, but yeah, either way, it's fine uh, color options, unoffensive. They're not going to turn heads uh, because of that, the finish. You know, that's, mm. I think, where the Chinese companies come into their own, really. You know, you've got a ceramic phone right there. Um, the silver that came on the P40 series was absolutely gorgeous, in my opinion. Uh, I was really disappointed with, with Samsung. I know they're, they're not Chinese, but obviously um, they're, they're grey on the Ultra, that flat grey. Such a mess. <laughs> I don't know what happened there because they've made some really nice finishes in the past. Yeah, the S20 range, like the main colour being drab grey, yeah. was uh, pretty miserable. Um, Such an odd choice. A bit of a miss, really, from Samsung. Yeah. yeah. But people will yeah. still buy it anyway. Oh, yeah, and they had other colours available. I just don't know why grey was the one that they kind of led with as the dominant one and certainly seeded out most of our review units were in gray and it was uh, mm. um, i want more red phones man yeah uh yeah i had the red se and liked it a lot oh, nice. more than i thought i would which actually leads yeah. me to what i wanted the something i wanted to pick up on from mm. what you were saying earlier which is when you were talking about cameras because it's interesting i think we disagree here 
though I suspect maybe most people buying phones might land on your side, mm. which is you were obviously a fan of the versatility, the fact that it's got three lenses and you're getting that at only a few hundred quid. Whereas what I loved in reviewing the SE was that it did one lens and it did it really, really well. And they didn't bother throwing in extra lenses, but instead they just made sure that the one lens they had was a great lens with a cam- with camera software that could get the most out of it. And really felt like at that price, I'd rather one lens that will take great quality photos than three lenses that will take middling quality photos. If you're a techie person and a geeky person, I think I would subscribe to your school of thinking there. But I think average consumer will just Mm. see more lenses and be like, that looks cool. And also, wow, it's got zoom and wide angle and ultra wide. So just by having more, it's better. Like, I think that's that's. Totally. I think as a sales strategy, 100% uh, makes sense. I think that is how most people in the shops will see it and see that why buy this one when it's only got two lenses when I can, you know, get this one that's got three. Yeah, but I would agree, you know, that's why I think we all, all the tech journalists I know love like the Pixel 3a. Yeah, it's the same thing. I'm looking forward to the 4a in the same school as the SE. Just one lens, really good lens. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, Um, I mean, to be honest, I feel that way sometimes about the top end ones as well. But, uh, (laughs) you know. Obviously, that was sort of the line Google pushed and pushed it about as far as it could go before with the four, it finally cracked and said, all right, fine, we'll stick another lens they made the wrong choice. They made the wrong choice with the second lens. (laughs) Which is why we should all stick to one lens and be happy with that one lens and stop being so lens (laughs) greedy. Hey, the thing, at least Sony is not up to its old tricks. I remember reviewing one of the older Xperia, I think it was the something Ultra, one of the old Ultras, and it had a wide-angle button on the front-facing lens, but Uh, it didn't have... A Samsung does lens. This. So it was just cropping. And I think you found something similar with this. Was it the S20s or something? Well, you found Samsung's something? done it for a few years. Uh, yeah. when they, whenever they have a phone that only has the one it's selfie so cheeky. lens, they still just all, by default crop in and then have a button to uncrop, essentially. And, Very uh, cheeky. Okay. I, I thought it was uh, a bit cheeky when Apple added the wide-angle lens and we're calling the standard one the zoom. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit misleading. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that is a very common thing for people have started realizing they can count the multiplication factor on the top zoom lens based on what the wide angle is setting the wide angle as the starting point for how you count the zoom mm-hmm. rather than treating wide angle as sort of half zoom and the regular lens as one times x or so well if you're going from the wide angle up it's 10 times um, what was the s20 and s20 plus telephoto zoom wasn't it like 1.06 or something yeah, it's something laughable. It was just a really high megapixel sensor that was so technically, cheeky. yeah, 1.06, 1.1, something in that space. Yeah, uh, technically zoomed in, really just a high megapixel sensor they could crop on. Um, <laughs> not not a telephoto at all in the in the sort of traditional sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in summary, for a mid-ranger, I'm actually genuinely very excited to test this out because I think it's an interesting offering from Sony. I think they've made the right calls for marketability mm-hmm. and um yeah i i'm curious to see it. the user experience looks and feels like the xperia one and five did last year so it feels nice and premium yep. and slick for the most part um so yeah stay tuned for the full review yeah and with a bit of luck we will have the one mark two within a week or two so we'll very soon turn to that at some point that is obviously as i alluded to at the beginning much more expensive that's uh, <laughs> one pounds, £1,200, right. yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so that is getting up into that same space as the, the Huawei, not quite as much, but getting close. And in that sort of flagship, flagships, it's a really bold gambit from a company whose phones have been not super well received for a couple of years to suddenly kind of go, we're going to like price ourselves up with the most expensive phones on the market. So yeah. really looking forward to covering that one in a week or two. 
And yeah, speaking of the top end of the market, uh, <laughs> we are looking ahead at Samsung. Um, obviously, we had the S20 range in February, which came with the Galaxy Z Flip. Uh, we now have a pretty good idea of what we're expecting with the Note phones. So obviously, we get sort of S series in February, Note series in August. That's always the pattern. Uh, we've now basically, in the last week, we've had uh, a leap from Ice Universe, who's normally very reliable, and then that was corroborated by John Prosser, who's also normally very reliable. So this is looking pretty compelling at this point that they both independently got to the same thing, uh, that we will have a Samsung event on August 5th. No word on whether that's going to be an actual in-person event for people or just a live stream, but I suspect the latter. Um, but something on, on August 5th, where we will A, get the Note 20 series, B, get the Galaxy Fold 2, C, get the Galaxy Z Flip 5G, and if you believe Ice Universe, we'll also get the Galaxy Tab S7 and the Galaxy Watch 3. Uh, so that's, I mean, not even counting variants, that's five products probably. Um, there's going to be at least two Note phones, maybe three. So we're, that's a lot of stuff they could be launching all in one go, um, which is interesting. I think we were always expecting the Note and the second fold to arrive at the same time. But it looks like they're just going to go really big on all of their, essentially all bits of their flagship line, which is interesting at a time when I thought, I think a lot of people have thought companies might be pulling back a little bit on that really high-end stuff, given the state of the economy. Um, but Samsung... I guess all this stuff's just been in the works for so long that they've got to go with it, whether they like it or not. So it's it's been in the works for a couple of years, probably. So yeah. Do you um, think that they've held off for so long on some of these products that that's why they all might be bunching together for one event? Like some of them would have come out sooner, but they were like going to see how this all played out. Possibly. I mean, um, the tab release cycles are totally screwy, so mm. that's really hard to predict when it would otherwise have come because there was never an S five. There was just an S five e. There wasn't so S6, then we just had the S6 Lite, Lite and yeah. now we're expecting the S7. So, yeah, it's hard to say when the S7 would originally be planned for, whether, whether this is when it always was. Uh, the Watch 3 is, again, we never had a Watch 2, we had a Watch Active 2. Um, and everyone was waiting for the Watch 2, and now it looks like they're just skipping that and doing a Watch 3. So again, it's very hard to say if this is something that should have been there a while ago or not. Um, the Fold and the Note would always have come out of that this time, I think. If anything, the, the Fold 2 might have been later than that, you could have imagined. So, um, And then well, the only oddity is the... Them, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was expecting them to actually break the Note and Fold launches up so they don't, as two very premium devices, they didn't cannibalize mm -hmm. each other. But maybe they're just not worried about that. I think, I mean, they did it with the S20 and the Z Flip. Same thing, same event yeah. for them. I think they feel like the buyer of a Note or S is different to the buyer of a foldable, for yeah. now at least. In a couple of years, I'm sure they'll merge and probably there just won't be anything except foldables at the top end. But yeah. for now, I think that kind of, you know, again, I guess my dad would look at a new Note 20 phone or like S20 phone or something as a sort of, you know, really high-end functional work device that he can rely on and whatever. My dad's not going to risk buying a foldable that he doesn't trust and doesn't know if it's going to work. It's a sort of tech-savvy, wants-to-be-on-the-cutting-edge person who buys a fold. But... A lot of those people will buy the Note as well, but a lot of other people will buy a Note uh, who yeah. just want a reliable productivity device. In terms of those two product lines coming together as well, one of the latest rumors which we talked about before we hit mm. record was this this uh, speculation about whether or not the Fold 2 um, would support the S Pen. Yeah. Because um, it's probably running the chassis for it. 
Um, and, and but for a long you were time, it, me, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, cut you off there. Uh, for a long time, it has been expected that it would basically, yeah. right? My understanding of the the rumor mill so far is everyone knew Samsung was working on S Pen support for the Fold Two, and that they were expected to include it with the phone, which also would have made sense to launch it with the Note because then you launch it with the new S Pen or whatever updates that is, and it's a kind of like here are all our fancy stylus products, and it makes so much sense for a Fold because you know. In case you don't remember, that's a normal size phone that folds out to be a tablety thing. So exactly the right use case for for an S Pen for a stylus because that's where you're getting into that productivity space. You've got the big screen to play with. Um, and yeah, this week now it's come out that it looks like maybe they have just not been able to make that work. They're still working on it. They are still hoping next year to do a big foldable with tablet support. Um, and basically it comes down to screen durability probably. So the reckoning is they are going to have ultra thin glass for the fold 2 screen so if you don't remember that is what is on the galaxy z flip the smaller foldable whereas the original fold was just plastic uh, they made a big fuss about how the galaxy z flip has an ultra thin glass display and it's glass in a foldable and isn't that incredible people then did a teardown and realized it's not really all glass it's more sort of plastic with bits of glass in it it's also not nearly as durable as it would you might expect from it being glass and it would very easily scratch under pressure um, you know, I will say I've used the Z Flip for a couple of weeks. So I just reviewed it. I didn't pick up any scratches in that time. The fact that it's normally closed means it's okay. I don't think it's a, an issue for most users. But if you're going to be putting pressure on it with a stylus, I can totally see that if it's soft and scratchable, regular stylus use probably would just leave dents and scratches pretty quickly. And I think basically that must be the headache that they just couldn't get around, couldn't make it thin enough and light enough and malleable enough to fold while also making it tough enough to withstand someone pushing in hard with a stylus i mean particularly on that hinge point i imagine that would be a mm. real problem area that that would accentuate that crease line yeah every time you went over it with a stylus so i mean yeah. the first time someone stabs through the hinge with a stylus is uh <laughs> <laughs> that's headlines worldwide right you know those those photos with like wiimotes embedded in tv screens you'll yeah, get the yeah. same with the stylus in the, in the middle out, of the fold cracks running down the whole thing <laughs> yeah yeah you can imagine is there it. any word on um how much it's going to cost because are they are they going to reduce the price is it going to be the same or are they just going more premium i haven't seen a lot of speculation on that i think everyone's obviously hoping they're going to bring it down so the original fold was like 1800 yeah, 2000 that right yeah, that kind of region um obviously the z flip is 1300 pounds i think 1400 dollars or something like that so you know a few hundred cheaper but it is a smaller device um i would think the savvy thing to do for them would be to shoot for like 1500 um still price it up above the z flip but reduce it a little bit, make it a bit more affordable. Um, but it's hard, obviously, because they still want it to be more high-tech than the first one. You know, they can't release a less impressive one than last year's to bring the cost down. Um, the most convincing like leaks we've seen about design and specs suggest that the big thing is they're going to up, um, update the outer screen, make it bigger so it covers the whole of the outside when it's closed. Um, just on one side, obviously, but because that was the biggest complaint really wasn't yeah. it that that little yeah. screen wasn't really that usable no it wasn't there was no point um it was a weird halfway house between actually having a real screen on the outside or doing the little notification display that the z flip does which i like but this weird mid-sized one where you still use the phone that is all squished down and small and it looks really ugly was, yeah. um so bigger display always costs more money uh, i think they're expected to at least update the processor a year on 
Um, cameras probably won't won't change too much, but all of that costs money, so they can't bring the cost down too much, right? I, I mean, there are, there is this uh, kind of in the background. There's also talk of the fold light, which is basically repurposing bits mm. from the first fold phones and making it cheaper where they can. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what they would sacrifice and if that would be at this launch, but if the original fold was in our rumor pace, we've got like, I think it was like 1900 quid, as you were saying, for the standard, this light model, if it did appear along with all these other devices, would be still just over a grand. Mm-hmm. So still a heck of a lot, but actually that does make it cheaper than the Z Flip, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, the fold light is throwing me because I, we did hear all the speculation about that and I honestly thought if they were going to do it it might have happened by now Yeah, because I would have thought you. I don't think you want it at the same event as the fold 2 I think you want it either a couple months ahead or a couple months after so the fact that we haven't seen it yet makes me think that if the fold light is still a thing they're doing they're maybe going to wait till October or around then to run up for Christmas maybe I don't know yeah I don't know something like that um, but yeah, the, the, the release timing is weird, but then they've been very weird about the light models. The S10 Lite and Note 10 Lite came out uh, January, right? December, January. Yeah. Um, CES. Yeah. Just before CES, even, like, weirdly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, nowhere near either of their respective um, original full-size models. So who knows? But, I mean, that, though, says something about what they need to figure out with the Fold because that they are making that light because they have a lot of unsold stock is basically the thinking. So whether that's because it costs too much, whether it's because of all the reliability issues, like the, the original Fold clearly did not work from a sales perspective. Um, so they have to be at least tweaking the formula a bit. It can't be the same again with a better processor and a bigger screen. It has to, they've got to change the pricing strategy or the marketing strategy or something. Um, it will help, I think, that the Z Flip was so good. That will probably yeah. restore really people's like safety. didn't you? Yeah, I really you. did. Um, I mean, I I only had it for two weeks, so I can't really speak to durability in any real sense, which is obviously always going to be the concern with foldables for the first few years. But my, my question, and this is probably a question that a lot of people are asking, is: Are foldables the future of phones? Will all phones be foldable? Is it going to be a fad that's going to go away? Mm. What do you think? I don't think all phones will. In the same way that when flip phones came out, it's not like all phones were flip phones, you know, back in the 90s. Um, I think we will see a lot more of them. I think all or most manufacturers will have a foldable. I'm most curious to see which of the form factors lasts. I kind of suspect mm. they won't. we won't keep getting both, like the big ones, the big ones like the Fold and the small ones like the Z Flip. I feel like maybe we'll settle into one of those being the accepted way for a phone to fold and the other one will will fade away. Um, though I hope not because I feel like it will be the big folds that stick around and the small Z flips and razors that disappear and that's the one I like. Mm, but um, yeah, I'm really not sure in all honesty. I don't want to sort of pontificate too strongly on that because I, I, yeah, I'm a bit uncertain on none of them have done amazingly sales-wise, which is inevitable. Well, it is inevitable because nobody's really sure about them. They, they, there's the durability question and there's the question about, do I really need it? Is it just a gimmick? You know, And, and that, that almost goes hand in hand with the, the reason why the two different sizes exist. It's like, do you want a, a, a small phone that folds out into a normal size screen or a standard phone which yeah. folds out into twice as big? 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, only the people who've really used one for long term can really answer that. There's also the um, the apple in the room, which is that to a certain extent, they will never take off. They could never be seen as the dominant thing until Apple says, yeah, we're making a foldable, right? Yeah. People won't treat it as the future of the phone industry until there's a folding iPhone. So if Apple looks at this and says, not worth it, we're not interested, and there's never a folding one, then they'll probably just slowly fade away on the Android side too. Um, whereas the moment Apple makes a folding iPhone, everyone will say, oh my God, folding phones. Apple invented the <laughs> folding phone. This is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then people will, and I think at that point, it gets that legitimacy, you know, rightly or wrongly. That is the way so many trends in the, in the industry have gone so far. It happens on Android and people like it and are impressed on a certain, but it doesn't become the thing until mm. iPhone uh, iPhone does it. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, we're looking at sort of Note. I don't think there's, the rumors are that the Notes aren't going to be anything too crazy. I think they're just going to be, uh, you know, some of the developments from the S series. I think the most interesting thing is we're not expecting a Note 20 Ultra. Uh, that could turn mm. out to be wrong. We're still a bit unsure, but we're not expecting a Note 20 Ultra. And with that, we're not expecting that top 100 times space zoom, five times periscope lens to appear in either of the Notes. Um, I think there was talk there will be a periscope, but it will be a smaller periscope than the Ultra had. Um, which, again, the timelines these things are made, that was all obviously decided long before the Ultra came out, but it will definitely be read as a failure of the Ultra that they didn't make a Note Ultra, even though they definitely made that decision long before the Ultra uh, made it to the public eye. Yeah. But uh, that will obviously be the perception, given the Ultra had a really rocky launch. So that Based might... Some... Sorry. I'm just going to say that might hurt the chances of there being an S30 Ultra because if that then becomes the narrative, like the Ultra failed, they didn't do one for the Note, Ultras are crap, then uh, maybe we won't see another one. I don't know. I was just going to say, based on the latest leak I saw today as well, um, there'll be a distinction, which I think will affect stylus usage um, in that the base Note 20 is supposedly going to be a flat display, whereas the Note 20 Plus or whatever it's going to be called will have rounded edges Oh, really? Which, based on some cases that have cropped up. So, yeah, ah. that could be interesting from a usability standpoint, from, um, what's it, edge edge screens and how they function mm. with the Note and, and Air Command and all of that stuff. It does have some minor implications for that and usability, and I don't know whether people would prefer the flat screen yeah. um, for those things. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether that actually rings true, that particular rumor. That That's also... Like, yeah, popped up right as we were recording. Right, yeah, I'd missed that. It's a, that's a mm. funny one coming off of the fact that the S20 series flattened the screens, right? Yeah. They they dropped the curves compared to the 10s, um, which is a move I like. You know, it, yeah. it felt like Samsung was moving away from that trend that Huawei and, and Oppo and, and Vivo and a lot of the other manufacturers are going into more and more curvy edges. Yeah, well, Samsung, Samsung was one of the first brands to really push that as well yeah, with the yeah. Galaxy Note Edge, was it? There was, was an the S7 one, Edge. That one really aggressive side right. of roundedness. It looked really weird. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd be surprised if there was if they brought the curve back, especially for mm. one model, but that'd be mm. interesting if it is. And yeah, for styluses, mm. that will throw things a little bit. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I think we've babbled on about Samsung phones for long enough, so <laughs> let's, let's call it for there. Uh, thank you both, and thank you to everyone who's watched along, obviously. Jump in the comments, as usual. We will be there to answer any questions you have. And like, subscribe, hit the notification bell if you are a fan of the channel. We have lots more coming up. Uh, as Jim said, he has unboxed the P40 Pro Plus, so that is already on the channel. Uh, Toddy has filmed one. It is not on the channel as we record this, but it may be by the time we publish this. So 
there may or may not be a link somewhere to an unboxing of the Xperia, but if not, keep an eye out because there'll be one there soon. Uh, yeah, so thanks both. Cheers. And, no worries. And bye, everyone.